morning, church. Hey, before you take your seats, you guys are eager. Let's stand up. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just come before you this morning. And um, we are so thankful for your goodness. And we're thankful that you are a God who is alive, a God that wants to speak directly to our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that our hearts and our ears would be open to what you want to speak to us as a church family. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seats. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you this morning. And um, you guys would know that we are well and truly into the month of February. I can't believe it. You know, I think we say that throughout the whole year. Can you believe we're in this month? Can you believe we're in that month? But how quickly did the start of the year go? And there's been several events that have taken place already around the world. Um, we were in, only in Melbourne celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary, mind you, a few weeks ago. And um, we didn't get to an Australian Open game, but the Australian Open uh, was going and there was a lot of vibe around that. And... Um, you know, around the world, in America as well, there's been an event at the start of this month called the Grammys. Who knows what the Grammys is? Yep, anyone who's into music would know that. Um, and it's an event that started in 1959 and um, was actually originally called the Gramophone Awards. Um, and uh, because the, if you see the little trophy, they actually, it's like it depicts a little gramophone. Um, but, you know, it's, it was an event that was put on by uh, the Recording Academy of the United States where they actually go and they honour musicians for their, their outstanding achievements in the music industry. And um, those of you who follow even Australian music would know that we have something similar, not quite as big, but it's called the Arias as well. But, um, you know, I quite like a variety of different kinds of music. And so I'm always interested to know who went home with album of the year, who went home with single of the year. And I don't actually normally watch the whole event, not going to lie. I more just watch the highlights afterwards. And for all of you Swifties out there, you would have been very excited to know that Taylor Swift took home um, album of the year. In fact, she actually announced her new album as well. Um, I can't say I'm a full-blown Swifty, but I, you know, you know, I don't mind some of her music. Um, but, you know, I also love seeing all the different glamorous outfits that they come up with. And um, very, some of them have really unique taste as well, and that is okay. But people spend hours and a lot of money on getting dressed up for this event, doing their hair and nails and fake tans and makeup, you name it, all because they want to go to an event such as this where it honours the achievements of other people. But, you know, what astounds me at these types of events is that every time there is a group of people that are keyboard warriors who like to judge the celebrities' outfits. They like to have a few comments about their music. They dishonour their hard work and they pull them down with sometimes some seriously nasty kinds of comments. And what I've found is that if you actually take the time to observe the culture around you, you'll understand that society thrives on a culture of dishonour. 
where criticism, complaints and careless words seem to be the cultural norm. You know, in Australia, you would have heard of a syndrome called the tall poppy syndrome. And it seems to be a very real thing. You know, I've seen women pulling other women down about mothering styles or body shapes. I've heard men mock other men who are excelling in their workplace. I've heard teenagers struggle to honour others' success in sport or academic achievements. I've even heard parents comment negatively on other kids' performances criticising kids in front of their own children. And if you've ever experienced an environment where honour is cultivated, you'll know that people actually feel encouraged, valued and respected. However, if you've ever been in an atmosphere where dishonour is the cultural norm you'll know that people walk away feeling downhearted, discouraged and deflated. You know, I was um, worked in retail for almost 10 years and I was in retail management and we were chatting as a management team about the kind of workplace we wanted. And we decided that honour was going to be a valuable culture to have within our team. And um, one of the areas that, you know, that we wanted to, or the areas of concern that we'd talk directly to the team about was if they had a problem, that they could come and talk to us directly about it. So, you know, if they were frustrated with the way that we were managing or felt disrespected, they could come and talk to us. And we actually communicated this with the team because we wanted to be able to cultivate this spirit of honour. And part of my responsibility was actually rostering. And can I say, it is sometimes a really tricky job. You have a budget to work with and you need um, a certain amount of staff to function at capacity, but oftentimes staff obviously want to pay bills, so they want more hours than sometimes what you can offer them according to your budget. Now this retail shop was a shoe shop and it had... um, big like movable kinds of um, shelves within them. So it was quite a big stock room. You could kind of be in there and not know that other people were in there. And I remember being in the stock room one day looking for some shoes for a customer and I overheard two of the team whispering. Now, it wasn't a very soft whisper. And I do think, you know, adulting 101, 101, or maybe even from teenagehood, people need to learn the art of whispering. <laughs> Some of you, even in here, <laughs> you know that you struggle to keep that, that level down. Um, but, you know, these two staff members were having a bit of a chat together and started talking um, about their frustrations and complaining about the rosters. Now, it went from frustrations to not getting enough hours to other staff clearly being the favourites because they got more. And then just to throw in a little bit bit of good measure, they started to say a few unkind comments about me as well. So there I am thinking, okay, wow, (laughs) 
trying to get my stock. I apologised to the customer who was waiting a little bit of time to get the shoes, but I was quite shocked with what I was hearing. And I put on my best poker face and I went up to them because some of the comments were actually quite hurtful. Went up to them and said, hey girls, I understand that you want to discuss the roster and I'm more than happy to do that. I would actually love it if you could come and talk to me directly about it instead of each other. And of course they went bright red and realised that the comments that they had made were perhaps quite dishonouring. But we have all been there, right? We've all been there where our words have slipped out of our mouth before our brain has even kicked into gear. And it's been unkind and definitely not honouring. But as a church community, the ecclesia, how does God intend the body of Christ to function? And as a church, we've actually often spoken about who we are and some of our cultural pillars, one of them being honour. You'll see it at work here on our platform where at different times we take the opportunity to honour individuals. We honour our volunteers by getting together with them for a meal once a quarter and take time to invest into them. We take time to honour the spirit of motherhood and fatherhood at our Mother's Day and Father's Day events. We honour our team before they get up here and preach. Honour is something that is important to us here at Civic. But it's not just a good idea, it's actually a biblical principle. Now, according to Oxford Dictionary, it's, it's um, to treat, honour, to honour someone is to treat someone with high respect or great esteem. And God has called us, the ecclesia, people called out by God to be people of honour, to carry a culture of honour and outwork this in our life. So this morning, I wanted to share with you how we can be a people who carry a culture of honour. The first way we can do this is by honouring the Son. John 5, 23 says, Therefore, everyone say, therefore. The honour that belongs to the Father, talking about God, He will now share with His Son, Jesus. So if you refuse to honour the Son, you are refusing to honour the Father who sent him. You know, we can live a life of honour by honouring God's Son, Jesus, by accepting his gift of righteousness and learning about Jesus and his life. As Christians who receive his gift of grace, we are called to become more like Christ, to look to the life of Jesus and how he lived on this earth as our example. And Jesus actually displayed a culture of honour and actually desires us to be a living example of this as well. If you look into any part of reading about Jesus' life, you will see that he showed honour to people. He showed honour to his parents He showed honour to groups of people that were despised, like the Samaritans. Um, The Jews despised the people of Samaria. He he honoured tax collectors. Back in those days, tax collectors were not people who others would honour, but he did. He honoured women and children. He showed love and honour to all without hesitation. 
In fact, if you look even into the relationship between God, the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's actually a beautiful example of how they honour each other. 1 Peter 3.22 says, Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honour next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. So Jesus is seated Seated. <laughs> it's a new word for you today. Jesus is seated in a place of honour and we can show honour to him by trusting he is the way, the truth and the life. By acknowledging that he is our redeemer, our prince of peace, our good shepherd, our chief cornerstone, our bread of life, our wonderful counsellor, our king of kings, our high priest, our teacher, our rock and our true vine. There are so many characteristics about Jesus that you and I need to get to know. And God desires for us to study this life of Jesus and who He is and get to know Him in a deeper way. So we can be people who carry around honour. So we can look at the life of Jesus and the way He displayed honour to other people and, and and, and a desire to be like that as well. The second way we can be people who carry this culture of honour is by using wise words. Our words are so powerful, right? We can carry a culture of honour by choosing to use life-giving words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Sharing words of wisdom is satisfying to your inner being. It encourages you to know that you've changed someone else's life. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. Oh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a talkative person. (laughs) And I know that over the years, I have had to allow God to speak to me many times to help me guide my words, to help me choose words that are going to bring life as opposed to to death, to help me to choose wise words. Because wise words encourage others, but dishonouring words destroy I've actually learnt that sometimes a wise word is no word at all. It's learning to be quiet in certain situations and just listen. That's wisdom. Oftentimes I've found that um, criticism can creep in and um, our words can start to become critical of other people. And conversations that include gossip slander and critical remarks only do damage to other people. They don't cultivate a culture of honour. Proverbs 16, 28. A twisted person spreads rumours. A whispering gossip ruins good friendships. If you're wanting to cultivate honour in your life, stop gossiping and quit complaining. It's simple. Stop pulling down others with your words. Eleanor Roosevelt, who was one of the first ladies of America, said, Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. 
What kind of conversations are you having, having in your world? In the book of James, it talks about the tongue and the power of the tongue. James 3, 7 to 10. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles and creatures of the sea and land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. Boom. That, it's not in there. Boom is not in the scriptures. But. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and then curse the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Our tongues can be so difficult to tame. And it's definitely an area where we need the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us as believers to help us, to help guide us into wisdom to express love, kindness and honour to others. You know, you might have grown up in an environment where speaking honour wasn't the norm. Perhaps your parents spoke unkind words or toxic words to you and you're unsure how to speak honouring words to others. Or maybe you've found yourself over the years in an environment where dishonouring others is a regular occurrence and you're starting to speak that way as well. What I love about our relationship with God is that we can talk to Him about this. He knows what we need. He's he's such a gentleman. He's not going to push you to change, but desires us to just gently grow in the ways of God. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in how we speak to other people. Ask him for help in this area. He might even prompt you to find some more positive friendships, or he might even... um, help you put in some firmer boundaries with toxic relationships. The third way we can carry a culture of honour is by living a surrendered life. In Romans 12, it says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. When we live a surrendered life, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our thinking, which empowers us to discern God's will and how we should live out our life. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. 
We are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, laying down our own desires and honouring God with our body. Colossians 3.17, let every, everyone say every, every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done before you. Let everything that we do and every word that we speak be soaked with Jesus' beauty. When we live a surrendered life, we actually want to bring our constant praise to Him, remembering all that He has done. We have this spirit of thankfulness inside of us and desire to live our life honouring God. We come to him in humility, realising that this life is actually not our own. The Bible says that we were dead in trespasses and sin. We actually had no life before Jesus came into our life. I love Galatians 2.20. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I will live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's live our lives surrendered to him, honouring him and all he has done for us. Lastly, as the team comes, we carry a culture of honour by honouring others. You know, we are called to honour others, not just when we feel like it. (laughs) Honour is actually a lifestyle and it goes hand in hand with humility. We need to be people who are willing to acknowledge that everyone is equal in God's eyes. And the way we interact and treat other people matters. You know, in Scripture, you can see all throughout it in the Old and the New Testaments about who we are called to honour. We are called to honour our parents. And I know we can be like, yeah, teenagers, that's right. But you know what? No matter our age. Oof. I don't know that I'm always honouring to my parents even now. I'm still growing and learning. And sometimes I need to do that better. We need to honour the elderly. We need to honour our church leaders. God wants us to honour one another as fellow believers. God asks us to honour those in authority. I love the way Timothy puts it in 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 3. Don't be harsh or verbally abusive to an older man. It is better to appeal to him as a father. And as you minister to the younger men, It is better to encourage them as your dear brothers. Honour the older women as mothers and the younger women treat as your dear sisters with utmost purity. The church needs to honour and support the widows, especially those who are in dire need. What a beautiful example of how to treat people with honour, respect and dignity. You know, honouring others could look like serving them. It could look like thanking them to their face. It could actually be respecting them when they're not in the room. Pastor Jared spoke last week on serving. 
As us as the ecclesia, you know, we are asked to serve and live a life of service. And he puts some stats on the screen. You know, when was the last time you stopped someone on a Sunday on a volunteer team and honoured them for giving their time? Parents, I'm so thankful we have a kids' ministry. We have a team up there who give regularly of their time so I can sit in this service. When was the last time we went up there and we said, thank you so much for what you do? Thank you so much for believing in my child and and speaking life into their world. Thank you so much for encouraging them in the ways of Jesus. When was the last time you saw these musos and you said, thank you so much for getting here early on a Sunday and giving your time so that we can actually just come and just lay it all down in the presence of Jesus? When was the last time when you got a coffee and you said, man, You're just pouring some gold out to me and I'm so thankful for you. And it's not just in here. There's so many people that we can honour and take the time to do that in our life. Even even preachers, and and it's funny for me to say this because I'm up here today and I don't, I'm not asking you to all come up to me at the end of the scene. I'm taking the time to honour you. But can I say to you, it takes a lot of time to pull together a message to, to actually pray and hear from God. And we love it. It's an absolute privilege. But take the time to honour those who are bringing you the word. How great would it be for people to come here on a Sunday and experience an honouring culture that reflects the life of Jesus? Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. I love this bit. And if you don't take anything else away from this message, I'd love you to get this part. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour of one another. We're not competing with other people. I'm not there saying, you know what, Pastor Ange, how much did you honour someone today? Because I'm going to try outdo you. It's honouring, it's actually outdoing yourself. How can I grow in how I honour other people? In how I cultivate honour within my life? 1 Peter 2.17, recognise the value of every person and continually show love to every believer. Live your life with great reverence in a holy awe of God. Honour your rulers. You know, we are called to honour those in our church family, but we're also called to honour people in our broader community. If we want to be salt and light in this community, let's be people that show honour. When you go into your workplace, what do people say about you? I would hope that they say, wow, there is something different about you. You don't get caught up in the whinging and complaining. You don't gossip. You don't talk about the boss or the other employees. I actually feel really honoured when I'm with you. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of going to a cafe with Pastor Brendan. For our well-being catch-ups, every now and then we've gone to a cafe and it's been actually incredible to see how this has been such something that has actually really come from leadership and has actually been outworked in his life because he actually takes the time to not only say thank you so much for bringing me my coffee, but he actually asks for someone's name. 
And the, there's something that just changes in people when you actually take the time to ask their name and to honour them for the act that they're doing. Yes, they get paid for that work, but he's bringing honour to them. He's showing value to them. And I love that. If you don't know how to honour someone or want to grow in this area, as I said, ask God. He wants to help us grow and develop in all areas of our life, but in this place of honour. How could you change the atmosphere of your friendship circle, your school environment, your workplace by beginning to honour other people? Change starts with one person. And that one person can be you today. And if we all take a moment just to actually have a self-check of how we honour people and we bring that before God, I know that he's going to speak to us. I know that he wants to lead and he wants to guide us in how we honour Jesus, in how we use our words, how we use wisdom in our words I know that he wants to help us to live a surrendered life, to be able to lay it all down. And I know he wants to help us to be able to honour others. So God, we come before you. We're thankful that you love us where we are at and for who we are and who you've created us to be. But you desire that we would go deeper, that we'd go deeper in love with your son, Jesus. You desire that we would grow and develop in the kinds of words that we use to other people and how we show love and respect and honour to others. You desire for us to live a life that is laid down before you in surrender. Father, and you desire for us to be people who would honour all people. God, help us. Help us to be doers of your word. Help us not just to listen and and think, oh, great message, awesome, all right, let's just keep going on living how we're living. But help us to honour all people, to be people who carry a culture of honour within our own lives so that other people will notice something different about us. Not to point them to us, God, but to point them to you, Jesus. We're thankful for you, God. We're thankful for your leading and your guiding. We're thankful that you're a God who, who loves us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, I hope that's been an encouragement to you today. You know, we, there's so much of our life that we can keep on just living, but God wants us to grow and to develop and to change. And I know that we already, develop, we, always, we already cultivate a lot of that culture here at Civic, but I know that we can continue to grow in this area as well. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday as the team takes us out.